Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The Porsche Carrera Cup North America on IMSA Radio. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf and this is another of our 2023 review programmes. And for this one, we are patrolling the paddocks of North America for the uh, Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America Championship, uh, which has been... uh, in various forms, one of the mainstays uh, of IMSA down through the years and has served up some pretty decent racing. This year, uh, once again, it was brilliant. Uh, We had some great races from Sebring through Long Beach and Miami with the Grand Prix and then Watkins Glen, Road America, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, WeatherTech Raceway and then finishing off the season on the same weekend as the US Grand Prix at the Circuit of the Americas. My partner in crime, or at least my partner in the global broadcast booth this season for Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America has been Shea Adam. Hello, Shay. Uh, another decent season from the fabulous-sounding flat sixes. Hello. And yes, yes, it was a wonderful year of Porsche racing. Always love when these cars are out on the track because the cacophony of music that comes out of the exhaust, it never gets old. It was a great season looking down through the classes because we did have different winners for all of the different categories. Even if two of the championships were clear runaways, the third one, well, that went down quite literally to the wire right to the last race absolutely well let's let's get the overall championship up and running straight away and for not the first time this season we are going to see a lot of very nice things about a young man still only in his 22nd year on the planet just turned 21 at the start of uh, this season Riley Dickinson with a record that frankly was amazing uh, his worst round of the championship was at Laguna Seca where he had a non-finish and a second. Mm. Uh, and then I suppose you've got to pick between his second worst, champion, worst uh, weekend in the championship, Watkins Glen, where he had two seconds, or Long Beach where he was first and third. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just in- incredible. When he finished, he finished on the podium and was a runaway championship leader, winner, and a deserved champion. And and for Riley in particular, John, only two weekends where he did not come away with either a pole or a fast lap or both, mm. uh, because in most of the races, he was just that dominant. But yes, uh, Ren Sport was the weekend where he didn't perform in front of the, the big Porsche crowd that had appeared uh, contact lap one at the corkscrew between he and another competitor, Will Mm. Martin, that ultimately resulted in both cars not finishing the race. And then a pair of second place finishes to two different winners for that Watkins Glen weekend. So Riley with a very strong performance all year, but he was up against, let's not demote this at all, 28 other drivers over the course of the season in that pro category. 
I'm in a championship that's just gone from strength to strength. I say this uh, often because I don't want anybody to think I'm I'm trying to hide away. Um, when the change was made to Carrera Cup, what's that, three seasons ago now? Um, yes. And the top class was announced as being all pro. Uh, Jeremy and I looked at each other and, and we said it. I'm not sure where those entries are going to come from. Is there enough money out there to get sponsorship for young drivers to come through in the cl- in the current climate? We were wrong. We were wrong, wrongity wrong on a wrong day <laughs> in Wrongsville uh, being completely un- uh, incorrect. Um, it's It's gone from strength to strength. We've seen uh, championships um, that have been hard fought. We're seeing international interest now as well. People coming from other Carrera Cup uh, around the world, notably uh, Carrera Cup uh, GB, where there's been a couple of people. We'll talk about them later on. And the mm. standard of racing, I think, is as good, if, if not better than ever. Yes, Riley's dominated. But if you took Riley out of it, the racing that we've had, generally speaking, behind him has been outstanding. It has been. And let's not short uh, Crailsy, who I know is screaming at us right now over yeah. this. Career Cup Australia as well, sending up one of their bright stars at the beginning of the year. Uh, that being Tom Sargent, who started out the year in a phenomenal fashion. Riley was clearly the championship favorite, getting uh, four wins out of the first five races. But in each of those five races, Tom Sargent was second. So he really came out swinging. He did get his first win of the championship in that first round at Rensport, WeatherTech mm-hmm. Raceway Laguna Seca. And he proved to be somebody that we need to watch for this upcoming season. But he was battling more against one of uh, Carrera Cup GB's outstanding stars, Will Martin. The two of them were taking points off each yeah. other left, right, and center through the beginning of the season. And that ultimately is what resulted in Riley being able to get such a good lead early on we had will get the win at long beach what was that the second race i think it was at long beach Correct. um jason hart got the win at watkins Glen, and what a win that was for mdk that 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 was a really special event it it resonated well that's uh, a great weekend for jason he was on the he won the first race was third in the second race two podium yeah. visits and then will martin taking that second win of the weekend as well so it wasn't all the Riley show, we did get other race winners over the course of the year. I mean, Will got three altogether. I don't want to sell him short. No, but Riley's dominance was so overshadowing that it was almost the Porsche Carrera Cup North America Riley Dickinson edition. Yeah, uh, uh, only four drivers taking the win, uh, taking a win. Riley uh, with the most wins, so he got the award for that. He got an awful lot of awards at the awards night. <laughs> uh, Will Will Martin got three. Uh, as you mentioned, Tom Sargent got uh, a single victory and Jason Hart got a, a single victory as well, which makes Alex Sedgwick in fourth position um, with no wins, uh, but uh, what one, two, three, four, five uh, visits to the podium. Shows how consistent he was over the rest of the season. It was Riley from Tom, from Will Martin in third, and then Alex Sedgwick, the best-placed driver without a win on the season. And if I may be so bold, Alex Sedgwick with possibly the most impressive performance of the season because he wasn't expecting to do the championship. He was a driver who basically got volunteered, if you will, to drive in the car that he was in, uh, the JDX team car 
that wasn't supposed to be him. So he didn't spend the entire offseason like Riley did mentally preparing for this challenge, like Tom and Will spending time on the simulator to learn all these new tracks. Alex was kind of like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm driving at Sebring? Okay, cool. I'll, I'll do it. Oh, you want me at Long Beach too? Yeah, sure. I can hop in the car. Uh, wait, what, Miami? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, this is, this is developing. So for me, Alex Sedgwick coming in, getting those podium positions and, and constantly harassing the front of the grid to try and get further and further up. That was very impressive. Um, so Dickinson Sergeant, Martin Sedgwick, Jason Hart, Dan Clark. Uh, actually, no, before we go on to Dan, Jason Hart with that victory, he yeah. didn't start the second race at Long Beach because of his non-finish in the first. He had a non-finish at... Uh, in an atmosphere speedway as well. But along with that win, uh, a couple of other visits to the podium. And yeah. generally speaking, he was, I mean, he, he if he finished, he was certainly in the top 20. In fact, there was only, I think, once where he finished, where he was outside the, the top 15. But it still felt like a season of slightly might have been for Jason. Started strongly, fourth of the third, then that horrible Long Beach weekend, and that seemed to knock the stuffing out of him until he came back strong at Walk- strongly at Watkins at Glen. And and his win at Watkins Glen was such an emotional Brilliant. one as well. Um, we we do have a very emotional weekend at Watkins Glen for all the races, for good and bad. In this case. It was good. And for Jason to get that breakthrough, the first overall win for MDK this season, the only one uh, in a championship where they're so used to winning in other classes, it meant a lot. I mean, he had seven top five finishes across the course of the year, so we can't take anything away from that. But Jason Hart, more than anything else, is a coach coming into to this championship. So his main goal is to try and help get a better setup for his fellow teammates and to try and make sure that they have success. So Jason doing everything that he could to put himself in a good position for the championship to then finish within the top five. Excellent effort for a first season in this championship. Uh, and just look at the variety as well. We talked about the international aspect of this um Dan Clark from the UK in sixth and Kiwi Ryan Yardley in seventh. The Dominican Republic and Jimmy Ebre in eighth position amongst the Aussies, the Brits and the the uh, US based drivers there as well. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Dan Clark, uh, former IndyCar star, dipped his toe in the water uh, the previous season and again, very good start the season, two fifths and a ninth. Went a bit wrong for him at the the second race at Long Beach, and yeah. uh, Miami was an awful. Now, of, of anybody who had bad weekends, and there were a few people who had bad weekends, Dan will want to forget the Miami Grand Prix weekend. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's on the calendar for 2024 <laughs> as well. So well, Dan he can't get any to... worse, can he? 38th it, it and then didn't get started because the car was too badly damaged. Correct. He finished uh, 20th in class in that first race, um, but also Circuit of the Americas, 18th and a DNF in the second race. So maybe it's just the F1 shared weekends. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, sorry, Dan. We got a, quite got a few of those one. in 24, yes. but 
we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, but no, when, when we were on the tracks that he was familiar with, Sebring, the pair of fifth place finishes, Watkins, a fifth and a sixth, Road America with the third, uh, Indy with the second and a fifth, Laguna with the third and a fourth, Dan really showed the prowess and the expertise that he has from having been racing on these tracks for a long time, whereas some of the kids that he's battling up against, and I say kids with affection, please, guys, don't take that no. uh, as, as derogatory. Um, but some of the people that he was battling against don't have as many laps as he did. And so he was able to really take advantage of that and allow that to help him flourish. And in some cases, even get to the podium. Uh, Ryan Yardley, the Kiwi in seventh. Again, you know, a, a solid season. For oh. him, just three points behind Dan Clark, who, and we should say, I said it was close. So Ryan Yardley in seventh was three points behind Dan Clark, three points behind Dan Clark, who was four points behind Jason Hart, who was 40 points behind Alex Sedgwick. Okay, but he was only, what, um, 18 points behind uh, third place Will Martin. A bit of a big bigger gap between there but Ryan Yardley how do you sum up uh, his season wow for next year mm. that's that is good what learning yeah away. yes because Ryan Yardley started off fairly slow picked up some momentum slumped back down picked up again slumped back down and then all of a sudden it clicked from about Indy I would say the second race at Indy the first one he had I think it was a mechanical issue in the first race I could be wrong on that um, but the last race of the season, harassing everybody for the win, coming away with second, and ultimately throwing down the gauntlet to say, I am a championship contender for 2024, mm. that's what has me excited. Yeah, and finished off with a second place on the podium, as you say, on the Formula yeah. One podium. Um, yes. I mean, that that's a I've done that. I've stood there. It was a long time ago now, but I have. And it makes an impression on you. It really does, particularly going into the closed season. Um, it was not a great end to the season because Jimmy Libre in eighth position uh, didn't get to see the chequered flag in the second race. Before that, he'd finished every other race bar one. And it nets him eighth position for one of, believe it or not, two drivers from the Dominican Republic in the championship this year. And Jimmy is somebody who... This very much was a learning year. He comes from a sprint racing background, so he does have the Porsche experience, but a very different level of a championship. So for Jimmy, he came from a place where he was used to winning, taking fast lap, taking pole position, uh, being the person who got the comedy size check week in and week out. <laughs> this season was definitely grounding for him with only a pair of fourth place finishes as his best result. But this was the setup for going into the future year. He did have an advantage as some of the tracks, like Miami, for example, he'd race there with with sprint coming into Carrera Cup. Ah, he didn't manage to capitalize that into a good result. Um, so for Jimmy, there's a lot left on the table to grow and develop. And maybe this was too big of a step for 2023 for him. But for 2024, he now has all the experience. So he should be getting podiums regularly. I expect to see him up there. Quick word about Sean Varwig. One podium uh, in a generally solid year, but proving again just how tough this championship is. Three non-finishes um, and a finish outside of the points. That really, you can't do that anymore. You can't even have one bad weekend, never mind two or three. 
No, and and Sean Barwig, a very impressive performance at Rensport in the first race when chaos erupted with the the leaders on the opening lap. Sean kept cool and managed to get the blue and white Porsche through the chaos and toward the front. So that second place was a big moment for him. His second best finish being fourth at Road America. Um, There were just too many eighth place finishes, too much consistency toward the back half of the top 10 Mm. uh, for Sean over the course of the season. So he needs to keep improving on that. That one podium finish hopefully whetted his appetite and proved him that he belongs in this championship. Uh, But for this coming season, he'll be aiming to get more finishes up inside the top five and yeah. less inside the top ten, if you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Just just two or three places further up makes a big difference. Uh, we'll, exactly. We'll, we'll finish off the top ten with tenth place Thomas Merrill. Uh, he had a, a single podium finish and a, a couple of in fact, three non-points uh, finishes. But, of course, he missed Watkins Glen, and, and that exactly. really was what hurt his championship. Han had a bad start, really, o- o- other than the, again, Miami wasn't his his friend, a 10th, a 9th, a 7th, a 10th. That's not a bad start of the season when you've got 30-plus cars for most of the year, and sometimes quite a lot more, closer to 40 than 30 uh, in in the championship. But those those two missed opportunities at Watkins Glen when he wasn't there then that hurt him for Thomas uh, I I will start off with the bad and end with the good too many penalties this year yes good point that's that is as simply as I can put it uh he represented Nola Sport very very well but if you take away all those drive-through penalties that he got over the course of the season which felt like one a weekend almost He would have been up in the podium positions every single race, or if not every race, top five every race. So if he could lower that back down a little bit, then he does have a real shot at this championship. For Thomas Merrill, all I'm going to say, 2023 Rolex 24 winner. He's got the watch to prove it. Mm. Uh, Second at Le Mans in his debut. Very impressive driver. We don't need proof for him that he belongs here. We just need those penalties to be toned down a little bit. Before we head into the classes, I, I'll, I'll allow you to have a shout out for, for anybody you want in the pro class uh, outside of that top 10. I'm going to throw uh, Sabra Cook into it. Um, missed the last four races of the season. Uh, an accident, a nasty accident at Indianapolis. Not of her making, coming in with Kelly Moss as part of the... Uh, diversity and, and women in motorsport initiative, best finish of a of a sixth, uh, and she would like to race probably at Miami every week uh, because she had a sixth, <laughs> sixth and a ninth. But generally speaking, again, a good finishing record, finished in the points all bar once when she did finish. We wish her the best because concussions are a nasty thing. But I think yeah. a, a, a more than solid opening season, and, and let's hope she's back. Yeah, she has become an integral part of the Kelly Moss team. She proved that uh, at Circuit of the Americas by the fact that she wanted to continue being a cheerleader for all of her teammates. She wanted to at Rensport as well, but she wasn't cleared to travel because of that concussion. Um, Just a a horrible way to end the season for Sabra, but really strong beginning. And yeah, I think if she can get back in the car, if, if she can get back in the season for 2024, hopefully the budget comes because she does belong in this championship. Other drivers, um, Varun Choksi. Yeah. Varun 
had an up and down season, but more finishes in the top 10 than not when he did finish. Four um, sixth and- positions. Four sixth positions. He was so close to that top five <laughs> on a number of those. In fact, he was, he was in the top three a couple of times almost going into the last lap but that midfield outside the top three or four is so certainly outside of Riley Dickinson for a lot of it it was so tight that one mistake or one aborted overtake or unsuccessful overtake could cost you you know five or six positions yeah and and we saw that with other drivers in the field as well um the two Michaels I want to give a shout out to them McCann who got two third-place finishes on the season, the third at Miami and the third at Long Beach, uh, clearly not intimidated by having the walls super close and tight into the car. He really started to flourish this year, then missed both of the races at Road America Mm. after a crash in the opening practice session damaged the car too badly. Um, And the other, Michael Michael McCarthy, with a pair of fourth-place finishes. Michael really started to pick things up toward the end of the season, started to find his rhythm, and if he can carry on with that next year, I think he'll get a ton of top 10 finishes and move himself well up in the championship. Let's move on to the classes. In Pro-Am, the battle for the championship basically disappeared uh, after a couple of bad finishes. Marco Cironi uh, struggled, and then we didn't see him for the uh, last four races of the season. Um, And it was those two non-finishes, really. Um, I think that probably made his mind up that he he wasn't going to be there for the rest of the year. Take nothing away from Efren Castro, who bossed the championship. He's our other uh, Dominican Republic-based driver, uh, by the way. Um, Had some really good finishes, including... Um, a, a top 10 finish, got in eighth position at the fifth round of the year. It was another good year for Efren Castro. The, the sad thing is that he didn't have the competition mm. to prove how good he is um, because of a, a variety of things. As you mentioned, Marco Cironi deciding not to come back to the championship for the final two rounds of the season. Uh, Jeff Mosing's injury in yeah, the first race point. at Road America taking him out of the championship standings. All right, he did have a terrible weekend in Miami with uh, two worst place finishes, if possible. But there were only 15 drivers total who ran in the Pro-Am class this year. Um, Chris Belomo also did a full season, as did... It was only he and Efren, actually, who did every single round. So that just goes to show it even more. Um, Moise Uretsky did most of the races this year. Kyle Washington did all but two weekends. So there were a couple of drivers who were dabbling in closer as well. But it's really the the category of, okay, we lost Jeff Mosing. Alan Metney, the former series champion, only did four weekends, three of which he did complete. Uh, Alan, massive chapeau moment at Long Beach. He missed the second race because it was his son's birthday, and yeah. he decided to go spend the day with his son instead of being in a race car. Can't After he'd won the first enough. race, by the way, in class. Correct. Won yeah. and had pole position. Yeah. Um, but more important things, family. We've got another driver, um, PJ Hyatt, who is in a very similar position to Allen, using these weekends almost as a warm-up for running in GTD. If you combine PJ and Allen's results, well, there's, what, one, two, three wins between the two of them. So Mm -hmm. that's taking some of those points off of Efren Castro. And I really, I feel badly for Efren that he didn't have that consistent foe to go up against. But if Mosing had been in for the full season, it, it would have been a tighter battle. 
So, ultimately, it was Efren from Marco Cironi in second and Moisey Oretsky in third position. One point, and that did go right to the end of the season. And for a moment, it looked like Chris Belomo might have nicked that third place in pro. Um, it was a single point when we came yeah. down to the end of the season. And Moisey Oretsky, who finished 16th, I think, overall, and Chris Belomo, who finished was it 10th overall um one more position either way from those two and it could have changed uh the situation because there was a little bit of a pack battle in in pro um at that point um people who'll be disappointed jeff mosing definitely um alan metney i think um he didn't do a full season and i i kind of think that that showed um other than that victory he had a um, he, he had three podiums in the first three races and then obviously pick and chose his races after that. It was the AM class in the Porsche, the Deluxe Porsche Carrera Cup North America for 2023 that kept us guessing all the way at the end. Ultimately, it was a, a scant three-point difference <laughs> between Mark Kwame and Scott Noble, teammates for MDK. Man, that was a tough one to call all the way through the season. It was a season, in some ways, of two halves, with Mark Kwame bossing the first half and his teammate Scott Noble coming on really strongly in the second half of the season. Neither of them had particularly good weekends at the last round of the year, but Mark had a slightly better one. And it, it really did come down to the last race and Scott Noble being uh, well down the field. It, it was Scott Noble's DNF fairly early on in the race that mm. provided the heartbreak. But then the pressure was on Mark Fame because he <laughs> needed to finish the race in order to score more points than Scott Noble. So it was one of those things where we're going, oh, boy, OK. And uh, to be perfectly blunt, normally in a championship, the AM category is not what you're watching. No. It's not where the great battling is. In Deluxe Porsche Career Cup North America, that's where my eyes were glued because the timing screen would tell the story. One lap, it would be Mark Fame leading by two seconds. The next lap, Scott Noble would be ahead by three-tenths. The next lap, it would be too tight at the line for timing to even tell them apart. Then all of a sudden, they both would drop back. John Getz would get to the front of the class. Then they would be back. It, it was lap after lap. It, it, honestly, it felt a bit like a, a Mazda Cup mm. race because there was so much uh, discrepancy between who was going to be leading the race every single lap. 10 drivers in the AM class total over the course of the year. And given the fact that one round was a drop round, you got to choose it uh, based on whichever weekend was your worst. Six drivers completing the full championship. So we had great participation throughout the course of the season. Kwame never off the podium. Scott Noble only off the podium with his DNFs, of which he had three. That was the difference maker. Uh, John gets a solid third position uh, for a lovely man who thoroughly enjoys his racing, made several trips to the podium uh, and good for him. He's he's a proper competitor, loves what he's doing, uh, was well ahead of Michael Murray in fourth, James McCann in fifth. Uh, Michael didn't do the full season. Uh, got but he a, got the drop weekend. Uh, yes, he, well, exactly. He yes, he just didn't turn up. That's right. Yeah. So that was the one. He it dropped. was the same. It was the same for Grady Willingham, who didn't do Long Beach, Goodbye. and that was his only missed weekend. So that was his dropped weekend. 
Uh, the team's uh, championship uh, spoke for itself. Uh, again, Kelly Moss came out on top. I can't remember how many times I've said that, but it's been an awful <laughs> lot. Uh, JDX and McElroy Racing were in a year-long battle behind Kelly Moss Racing. And, and well done to, uh, to Victoria, to, to Andy and the rest of the team. But my goodness me, what a fantastic battle for second in the championship that went all the way to the last race of the season at the Circuit of the Americas. JDX... Uh, Jeremy Dale and Harrison Bricks' team just ahead of newcomers to the championship, McIlray Racing. And you've got to say, that was a great debut season for the team originally from Australia. It was very, very impressive for McIlray Racing. It sets the bar for big things to come in the upcoming years as well. And especially when you consider, um, for example, Wright Motorsports. They're a championship-winning team from the previous iteration of this championship, they finished down in ninth place. McElroy could be forgiven for finishing behind them in their first season competition, but no, they outdid people who mm. have won the team's championship in years past. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Andy Kilcoyne and Victoria Thomas as mm. well. You mentioned them and their success, but only in one race this entire season out of 16 rounds did Kelly Moss not fi- finish with first or second place team championship points. Wow. That's amazing. No, very good. Very good indeed. It was superb. We'll be doing it again in 2024 with an additional Formula One race weekend. They are going to be at the Canadian Grand Prix and also the uh, last race uh, of the season again will be at the Circuit of the Americas, and we've got Miami in there. The other five events are all IMSA events, and now I'm going to say this, and she, please correct me if I'm wrong, they're back at Petit Le Mans, aren't they? Uh, they are. No, yeah. October 9th through 11th. We are also a part of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway weekend. Magic. That will be September 20th through 22nd, uh, racing at Road America the first weekend of August, racing at Watkins Glen the third weekend of June, and, of course, kicking off the season at Sebring International Raceway the second week of March. Shea Adam has been with me, John Hindhoff, as we've looked back on the Porsche Deluxe Carrera Cup North America for 2023. Well done to all of our champions, and let's see where Riley Dickinson pops up in 2024. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.